Hello, my name is Gary Shotton, and I'm here as a part of Inspiring Better Business, IBB Talks. Today I want to talk about the subject of contracts. You know, as a business person, you're going to start experiencing the need and to understand contracts and how they work. <clears throat> now, I'm down the line a ways in many years, and the contracts I'm dealing with are fairly detailed and several pages and honestly probably need an attorney to interpret it and make sure that it's uh, fair to you but I want to talk back when you're getting started in business and the idea of contracts there and how you get started and why you should start thinking and preparing in a modest way your business around some contracts and know when you're asked to sign a contract what you're doing and so uh, the idea of a contract is a, really a means of communications. It's not intended to take advantage of one person over another or give favor to one person, but or one side of the deal, but it's a communications tool. Now if one side has experience and drafts the contract and, and the other side doesn't have experience and doesn't understand how contracts work, they really could be an extreme advantage to those that know what's going on. So I don't want you to feel like you're learning about contracts in order to take advantage of somebody, but mostly to defend yourself and to be fair. It's a communications tool. You want to communicate exactly what's being agreed to. Now when I started my first business it was very small. We had a car pulling a trailer and we were moving furniture and and what we, we would back up to the driveway of a house were furniture movers and I would meet the customer and explain maybe our hourly rate or reconfirm just a very little bit of information verbally and we would start moving furniture and we would get at the end of the job and most of the time well, there was absolutely no problem with that mean, means of communications. They understood and I understood and it was simple. No complication, no signatures, no reason to sign anything. It was done. But as life went on and I grew as a business, I started realizing I'm taking some extra risk here. I need to be sure that this customer knows clearly what we're agreeing to. So by trial and error and a few mistakes, I'll tell you how my contract block worked. I had a contract. It was a page. It described what our prices were in a small block of, of uh, of the front page of this contract was some English, probably the sum of maybe 10 sentences. It wasn't much. And in that, on the overall page, it really showed who um, the agreement was with, clearly the name of the customer and who I was, because that's I drafted the contract and it had that as part of the letterhead. But over time, the I was willing and needed to start changing those wordings over in the block of information. Here's several things that happen. On occasion, we would get ready to move and we complete the move, and then the customer didn't have the money to pay the bill. Well, hold it just a second. You had us, and they wanted to pay us later. Well, I don't have the money today, so maybe I could pay you next week. That's not what we agreed to. Well, I hadn't agreed to it. I just communicated that as a possibility uh, of, and hadn't written it down. And so basically I added that to my uh, contract that says that payment is prior is due at the completion of the job. 
Well, I had some other things in there that I discovered that at times a customer might become disgruntled with us a little bit and for one reason or another, something minor, and they would want to delay or refuse to pay. Well, I also added the terms that says I have the right to be paid prior to completion of the job. What that meant is I could sense, and we had it happen several times, that the customer started talking to our men or our people and say, hey, when we're done, I mean, I'm no way I'm paying for all this. They need to talk to me. Because I went out on a few occasions and I talked to my people and said, listen, I need you to stop. These are my guys. Stop moving. And I talked with a customer and said, say, I need to go ahead and collect payment prior to getting the job done. Well, I had that right because they signed the document. And in that right, I, I, I exercised that so I at least had the money in my pocket, at least the estimated amount, and it made some people mad. But I had to be co collect my money, so I changed the wording. Another thing popped up. <clears throat> Occasionally, uh, I wasn't sure that when it said that it was the customer, whether they actually own the goods. One thing happened uh, was two young ladies, and evidently they had a, just an internal dispute. It was none of my business, and they were living together, and it ends up that one of the two just hired us to move the other person out of the house. Well, I didn't know whether or not that person that I'm moving the furniture was the person that I that that was contracting the call the customer. So in my contract, I, I acknowledge that that this was the that clearly who owned the furniture, owned the goods. Because if I didn't, I had the risk of becoming a thief. You see, somebody could have just called us as a moving company on the phone and say, hey, could you move us out of this house? And they happen to have a key. We go in and move everything, move it to a storage business or storage um, uh, facility or something. And uh, four or five days later, the police could come knocking and say, did you move those uh, goods out of that house? Yeah. <clears throat> Why did you move it? Well, because this other person, well, they didn't even own it. So there's reasons for uh, making this contract, and I'm not one to, um, in the form of communications, I'd like to keep my contracts or agreements as short as possible. Now, later on in life, you're going to have longer contracts, and I believe you should read those and try to understand the best you can. And if you need some legal help, go ahead and hire somebody to read that for you and, and with you and to be sure that you're uh, basically uh, covered in, in a good way. Now, other we call them contracts, but there's other names for those. <clears throat> In one case, it's a very simple form, and I've used this many times, that uh, I would uh, uh, call it a, mem a Memorandum of Understanding, uh, abbreviation MOU, Memorandum of Understanding. And sometimes it's just a minor thing, but I think, hey, if we're going to go into this agreement, we should understand each other. So I would write down, or we would write down together on one page, hey, between myself and this other person, and we had identify that, and we describe what we're agreeing to, and then we would sign to agree that would says that we understood this is how uh, what was being done in that service or product, this is how it was being sold, and it was basically very easy to read for both parties. I always like to add on the bottom line that says something like this. We understand that things could change from the date that we signed this that neither one of us understand. So no matter what happens, we agree to the intent of what was written down. Another form of a contract is just a bill of lading. 
when you sell something to somebody or you buy something, uh, there's where you want a one-page bill of lading. You can write it out fairly simple. I've written it out in, uh, in hand on a, just a piece of paper. It says top, bill of lading. And it says the seller, name who the seller is. They're claiming to own this product, let's say a car. And I'm now the buyer, okay, I'm buying this car. And so I want to make sure that, that I have this so that I'm buying it from the owner. And then in a little block of information, it would show uh, what was described, maybe the vehicle or the services rendered. And then every contract should have a date on it. And this date is not only the date you signed it, it's the date that you, uh, how long this contract is going to be in place or this agreement is in place. Uh, that's very critical because at some time people say, well, I'll do this. And then, hey, they never get around to it. There's no time frame. There's no penalty. And the date of completion is very important. One last thing, and there's many more things I could talk about, but if you're having an agreement with somebody, you're almost always going to need what's called an exit plan, something that allows you to leave, to finish this. It's kind of to do with having a date. This, this, I'm buying this house for this price uh, as long as we close by this date. There could be another piece of paper that could extend that if you both agree to extending it, but then it doesn't go on and on and on. But if you go into a work agreement, you know, let's say a partnership, which I'm not very pro or very positive about partnerships anyway, but if you agree to something, then you also have to have a way of exiting that agreement. Let's say that uh, in some manner uh, someone is a part investor with you. Well, they have to have a way, or you need a way, for them to exit that agreement based on some words or communications that says it's fair for both people. Because somehow at the end of almost every uh, encounter, there's going to be a need to end the agreement. Well, I hope this helps. Uh, that, that this is intended to help you along the line, uh, and especially when you're getting started in business. Thanks for being a part of Inspiring Better Business.